Hey, Alex. Good, Good morning. morning. What a ray of sunshine. Thank you so much. It is beautiful. We are here in sunny LA. Brandon has been staying with us for a couple of days after the bee ceremony. He has woken up early, made me a glorious breakfast here. Thank you so much. And why did you make me breakfast, Brandon? You know why I made you breakfast. Even though we're not in my house and not in my nook, I wanted to bring a little video game discussion over to the West Coast and have a special episode of Brandy's Video Game Nook with you right now. Brandy's Video Game Nook. What do we do in Brandy's Video Game Nook? We do the same thing we do with uh, One Two Review. We talk about in this case, video games, and we give them little reviews. Oh, and it's going to be a good one, too, because we had a lot of hot games that came out this month. This was, you know, also we had a big announcements coming from B5, which is the second largest video game convention in the Northwest Coast. Uh, so we've got some big announcements from there. Lots of cool things to talk about, Brandon. Let's just start off easy, Alex. Uh, top, of, top of your mind, what have you been playing lately? Uh, I, I've been playing, I mean, I don't even want to talk about it. It's a little stupid. I've been playing a game called Chess Shooter. It's uh, it's the game of chess, but all of the characters have kind of been amorphanized, whatever, characterized into this world. And it's a first-person shooter where you're trying to kind of uh, stop the White King. You're a pawn and you, you shoot other chess characters. It's cool, though, because it, it obeys the uh, movement rules of chess, right? You can only move... Exactly. You can Certain only uh, shoot forward, you can only shoot diagonal, and it leads to... it's. So, I mean, that's... Okay, to be fair, it's not just a stupid shooter. It is uh, quite a bit of logic and move-making in there. You have to go through these levels, and you have to move, again, chess accurate. And all the bad guys move as chess pieces. Bishops are particularly hard since they moved at a diagonal in this game. Uh, yeah, it's fun. It's been addictive because I'm not good at chess, and I'm honestly getting better at regular chess by playing this shooter game. It's kind of like how you used to use number munchers to get better at numbers and math. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I've been meaning to try this one. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's all right. It's all right. It's not for everyone. It's I'm a, I'm in a little bit of a hole with it. Like I'm a little addicted to it, and I need to cut it out. So I almost don't recommend it. But uh, it is a good game. Oh, highly addictive. So yeah. So I mean, I'm gonna give it one point. Stay away. But if you start playing it, you might think it might be a two a two point game because it's pretty good. Uh, one game I do definitely want to talk about this week, Alex, is Undangered Species. I like strategy games. I don't know if I know you do too. Have you played this one? Yes, absolutely. I've picked it up. It's great. I'm glad you took my recommendation. So in this game, it's a top-down strategy game. It does take place in real time, but what you're doing is repopulating once endangered species and conquering that land again, and you know preserving your habitat and really claiming your ground this is a unique take on an rts game i know you play a lot of starcraft it's not that not that intense your clicks per minute don't really count that much but i love the change of scenery and uh i thought it was a fun game I, I love the characters and the kind of vehicles and weapons in this. So, you know, you can be the koalas, you can be panda bears, you can even be dodos, you can be a dinosaur, spoiler alert. And it's great. You start, you know, small with a small population and then you build, you know, different buildings. And it, it's just an RTS game, but the theme is really great. You know, conquering the world, destroying, you know, Las Vegas as a pile of, you know, koalas is super fun. Yeah, sometimes theme goes a long way. Casually, I'm going to give this game two points. Yeah, I'm going to give it two points as well. Super fun. Let's talk about a little bit uh, about B4. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, very exciting event. We were not able to go there, but we saw lots and lots of stuff. We were gobbling it up, sitting on my couch here, snuggled up in Snuggies, watching it, eating popcorn, and getting as much out of it as we could. Some of the press shows looked like they had a lot of uh, stuff going on, so... Uh-huh. A couple of weird things, man. Super Chew still sticks out in my head. This was a, a game out of Japan where uh, it's a bunch of chewing mini games. So, you know, you want to chew your mouth to eat the burger fastest or uh, chew your mouth to make this guy kind of run on a treadmill, but using his mouth to run. Very weird stuff. But the, the, the twist of the game is the, the way that it... Yeah, it's got a little, on a USP dongle, it's got a little ball that you put in your mouth and you chew. And there's multiple ones, so everyone at your party doesn't chew on the same ball. They've all got their own balls, but they kind of chew on this rubbery bubblegum texture thing. And it was just gross looking. It was pretty gross to see. I think Um, it's part of the fun, though. Like a party game? It is a total party game. Up to eight people can pop these balls in their mouth, chew on them, and and, race around with different mouth kind of uh, feats in this game. Uh, Yeah, interesting uh, to say the least. I think that's only on Nintendo as of now, but I'm sure they'll release that on other stuff. To have that be the highlight of their press show, though, to really... That was that was bad, A little disappointing. Right? Yeah, a little disappointing. Sad? What is going on over there? You know, no Mario mentions at all, just this weird, weird Super Chew game. I don't know. I, I like to trust Nintendo. I think they have their pulse on, you know, what is fun in the future and what reminds us of being children. I just mm-hmm. didn't... I didn't... I wasn't a big chewer as a kid. Yeah. Uh, we saw Soul Knight. That looked pretty fun. Speaking of party games. That did look fun. Uh, this is a big one. This is available on, I think, most platforms. But more than a platform, what you need is you need some room for this game. So this is kind of like a dance dance uh, revolution kind of game, right? Uh, a dancing game where it reads your movements. But yeah. this is uh, called Soul Knight. And it's it's soul music mostly. And you do a lot of soul trains and lines like that. But it's 30 people working on a lot of these dance moves or whatever. And so... Uh, pretty magical i think if you can get it rolling at a the house the technology is cool you know a ddr it's just got you know forward backwards left and right and this it's like a whole treadmill so your every step is calculated and and you know put into the game so you get a bunch of people doing that all at once and it's real fun super fun i mean for me it's it almost seems like with that many people just get a dj and just let people dance and almost seem i felt like almost too constraining for that many people you know when it's when it's two people for two songs but this game lasts it's levels that you beat and so you're supposed to in theory sit down with these 30 people and play for like i don't know two three hours it takes uh, dedication seems like, a, seems like a lot to lock in that many people into a thing and people can't like if someone leaves an ai fills in for them but the ai is terrible so if someone leaves it really kind of screws your team uh, all i'm saying is soul knight is a it's a night. It's like a whole night that you're going to be doing with a party. I can uh, see this being successful like at a bar, like a trivia night. You just have a soul night where they set up this arcade system and, you know. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, at home. I don't way, know about the at home version. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one, but a neat idea nonetheless. It, I mean, for me, it seems like it's milking the game, the dance game uh, franchise too much. You know? A little too much. Like, there's... There's not much more we can do with it. I though. like soul music, though. Count me down oh, for me soul too. music. I really love it. I really love it. Yeah, so that's good for me. I don't normally get excited about mobile games, but did you play Exciser yet? Oh, Exorcisor. Yeah, yeah I've been playing I love that. that. That's kind of my favorite blend of all worlds. Yeah, I mean, okay, so easiest way to describe it, like Candy Crush or a Tetris, Match 3 Bejeweled. Yeah. yeah. Tetri- Tetris Candy Crush Bejeweled. The unique theming on this one, though, is that you're exor- excising demons 
from uh, possessed people at the bottom of the screen. So you're you're clearing pieces and doing rune shapes with your thumb. Mm-hmm. And, Trying to uh, like, you know, three holy waters and then you cast those upon the beast and you lower its hit points until uh, until you exercise the demon out of, you know, little girls and nuns and old farmers, all kinds of stuff. All super the, you satisfying. Know, each, each level is a different kind of demon possessing a, uh, a different person on the earth. Yeah, super fun. Super pretty bloody, bloody for like a little handheld game too. I mean, you know, over the top gore and like it's supposed to be a little silly, I think. But blood gushing out when you, you know, you make certain connections and uh, matches of threes. So many unique characters. So I think I just like beating the levels to see what they're gonna possess next because it gets crazier and crazier. And I've probably beaten two hundred of these and it's still going. So yeah, like that's that's what I would say. Lots of levels, lots of characters. This thing seems infinite, but you know, I guess evil, uh, evil is deep. Evil runs deep. Evil runs deep. That's it. I can confidently say casually, that's a two-point game. If you see that on your app store, download that. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, this is fun and all, but we might want to take a little break and kick it over to a sponsor, and then we can actually serve up some of this food and start eating. Oh, yeah. Jeez, we've been so caught up. It feels so good to talk about games. I don't often get to do it. Just, I'm glad we do this once a month. And also eat breakfast. I really only do that once a month, so this is also a big day for me. Uh, yeah, here comes that ad. Gamer's Den. Open 24 hours a day. Rent a computer and play hot hits like Counter-Strike, Minecraft, and World of Warcraft. Gamer's Den features over 40 top-of-the-line computers hooked up to blazing fast 20 mega-gig Ethernet cables. Power up with coffee and snacks, or power down and take a break from gaming by gazing at one of our 500-gallon aquariums full of some of Florida's most beautiful saltwater fish. Red drums, gray snappers, and common snooks populate our gorgeously curated tanks. Stop by the Tide Pool exhibit and get a hands-on learning experience with one of our marine, marine biologists, who will be more than happy to tell you about the exciting history of Florida's wetlands and how you can help conserve our natural coastlines. Gamer's Den, located in sunny Esto, Florida. Vaping prohibited. You pass that honey jam? This is so good. This is stuff Luke made. It's I'm delicious. I'm addicted to this. Yeah. yeah he actually good. helped make the breakfast. So you need to thank him. He unfortunately had to go to work. He's been working hard lately. Sure has. Here, I'm going to give you some of that coffee there. Thank you, sir. Oof. Mm. So comfortable here. Well, hey, let's talk about some more games. I'd love to. Where do you want to go? What have you been playing? What do you want to be playing? Uh, I want to talk about Cheaters the Game. Oh, uh, you've been playing yes. this one, I know, right? We've both been playing this. This is an excellent game. Uh, so Cheaters the Game is based on the popular 2000, early 2000s show Cheaters, where uh, it was a reality show, I suppose, somewhat seemingly scripted in some way. It was a bonkers show where a person that felt like they were being cheated on would contact a host named Joey Greco, who would go in and they'd send a private investigator to take photos of the, the people that they thought were cheating and get evidence of it. And then they would... Uh, on camera confront the cheating couple with the person that felt like they were being cuckolded and it was just a mess and super fun to watch very voyeuristic very perverse and then this game came along which I thought was great and what did you think about it? I'm so glad you want to talk about this game Alex I've actually been live streaming this and I'll tell you that is where I've had the most fun with this game with other people watching your directed version of cheaters yeah so you're the cameraman you have things to take into consideration like the host 
They did not get the rights to Joey Greco, by the way. It is a lookalike slash soundalike, which is kind of unfortunate as someone who it's grew up kind of, yeah, kind of watching the show. I, was, I wanted his voice to be in there. Uh, they do relive some of the classic episodes of him being stabbed, of course, the most popular. And the game asks, what would you do in that situation? But also, do you gather more evidence? Do you pursue different leads? And you can kind of change the path of the episode. Yeah, there's fun stuff. You get to be the investigative reporter, so you get to take photos of or try to catch, you know, photos of the couple holding hands and stuff like that. You try to get up with a, a parabolic microphone and try to catch some moans and sounds like that and sneak around through cars and parking lots. So there's this cool little investigative reporter kind of aspect. And then again, like Brandon was saying, you get into that uh, live confrontation thing where you're the cameraman and you got to film Joey Greco or I guess the Joey Greco kind of clone impersonator type character. Uh, and get the best angles and all that stuff and make sure that the show really sells. It's super fun. It doesn't sound like it, but I really, really enjoyed this game. It's good game mechanics, I guess. Well made. Yeah, it plays well. A lot of like uh, depth to the simple mechanics. You know, you're graded on what what's in frame and the evidence you get. I personally liked interrogating like the bartenders and stuff. I thought that was surprisingly deep. Yeah, yeah, all kinds of different. And, you know, it's there's nothing, I'd say, fresh or original in this game. It's plucking from many other games from the past. But, you know, most things are built like that. Exactly. Casually, that's a two-point game. Yeah, yeah, definitely two points for me. I love it. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pick up that bacon and pass that, too. Yeah, here you go. I, I want to talk about, I've been playing Toastmasters VR. Have you picked that up at all? You know, I read about it, and I thought this is actually a very practical thing. This is interesting. This is an interesting thing. So the way it works is it's a VR game. So you put on a VR headset, takes you to, you know, a, a visually a different place, which is on a stage in front of a live kind of audience of other people that are wearing VR headsets. And, and you can, I guess, play either. You can either be an audience member or what I'm about to explain is is be the Toastmaster. And the way that works is you're just giving a toast. And there's different versions. There's, you know, like a quick match freestyle thing where you can just kind of give a toast about anything. There's improvisational ones where it's you're supposed to only improvise and, and create a speech. There's also events where, you know, you might be given prompts like this is so-and-so's wedding and they'll give you some history about the guy who's getting married and the woman who's getting married and you'll have to create a speech about them that is meaningful and the audience will give you votes on it. And honest feedback. I think this is a great tool for honing your public speaking skills. Absolutely. And if you don't want to play the game, you can tune in as an audience member from anywhere for free and watch any of these tests. Which is actually surprisingly engaging. This is what the article that I read was saying. Yeah, yeah, it totally is. So I definitely, even, you know, in the background, pop that on sometimes and hear some of these people are pretty moving. Some of these speeches, pretty damn good. My question is, is there an easy mode where you can have everyone be in their underwear in the audience? <laughs> no, I don't think so, Brandon. Oh, man, did you see that online game um, movie reviewer where you're, like, shown a brief, like, youtube clip alongside millions of other people and they just thumbs up it or thumbs down it and you're like instantaneously reviewing these like clips with people very cool yeah i mean similar to toastmasters in that it's it's these new wave of like incredibly immersive or inclusive maybe inclusive is the word games where you know everyone's opinion and everyone's presence playing it kind of makes it a game 
yeah, like Brandon was saying, you get shown a clip, you get to review it, and then you kind of see where your review lands with everyone else that has reviewed that clip. There's also very some similar other, to what we do. Very similar to what we do, yeah, obviously. And I was going to say there's some other cool features where, you know, you can type in one word and your word doesn't get presented unless other people type the same word. So you kind of get a collective conscious sort of word or two in there sometimes, which is also pretty interesting. I think this is a weird and excellent tool for filmmakers. You know, you get to see what this, you know, and granted it's only the population of movie watchers that also play this game, but you still get a very accurate slice of what those people think cinema is, what works for them, what doesn't work. You know, this would be a great tool for like test screening films. It's great. You know, you'll even see there's there, and, and it's not just good stuff. There's bad scenes in there and those are interesting critiques. This is a very cool idea. I think something that was similar, another game that came out last year was teleprompter. The game that was pretty fun. Oh, yeah, that does kind of remind me of teleprompter. That's the one pretty where you're wacky typing in the text for the teleprompter newscaster. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's it's weird. Yeah, so what you do is you type in uh, whatever you want the newscaster to say. The newscaster will say it, and then that affects the nation. So for me, it's the best way to almost describe it. It's almost like a weird Sim City in that you are you know creating a city in this case a country, but you're creating it by the, the media influence. that you pour into the people. Yeah, through through this weird manipulative influence. So it's eye opening. You know, it's still fake, but it's eye-opening to realize that, like, this is, you know, as it is a blown-up version, it is a thing that actually does happen. Uh, but it's a really fun way to manipulate and push uh, a city without doing hands-on work on it. Very unique take. It reminded me of Papers, Please a little bit, and it's, you know, political thinking. Yeah. I mean, so just to give our listeners an example, you know, you can be like... Uh, it is now okay to murder people or whatever, and everyone in your country will kill each other and you will lose the game. But, you know, stuff like that. You'll just kind of say things and then they kind of become true or people believe they're true in, in your country, and then uh, that's how it works. It's really interesting. Yeah, a lot of these new games have that credibility type of mechanic where, you know, because if, if the people find out you're not telling the truth on the news your credibility goes down and then your influence goes down so yeah but that's a mechanic yeah, yeah. i'm seeing in a lot of games what was that other game that had uh the credibility a oh, warner the game where you warn yes. people about things yes very cool game that was the first time i saw that credibility mechanic where you are running around to you crowds or buildings warning people about incoming natural disasters and at various other things and you know crying wolf sometimes is not good yeah yeah Warner. It's such a hard... I think that's my only problem with that game is I think they chose a terrible name for it. Warner. So you're a person, you're a little amorphous, you're not a man or a woman, you're this little character that is warn, warning people, but warn is such a hard word to say. Warning is a hard word, and warner just isn't a word. And the more you I, say I it, it, the weirder it gets. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> uh, it's a fun game, but I think a poorly chosen title. Uh, still good, though. Definitely check that one out. Anything else you want to talk about, Alex? Yeah, I definitely have a couple more. I, I have been blown away by Bob Ross's oil painter. Whoa, yeah, this was cool. I've, I've got a tiny critique. So this is, this is based off of Bob Ross, the oil painter who appeared on PBS for many, many years. So my one complaint is like he didn't say this was okay, and so that bothers me that he's in there. That said, the money goes a lot of the money goes to charities, charities uh, that he supported in his life, so that's good. 
that out of the way, this is an excellent game. So the way this works is it's to so use the motion controls of your console game, whichever one you have, and you paint. And you recreate some of Bob Ross's paintings from the TV show, as well as many different versions and ways that you can do many different free paints and paint challenges. But you're basically just oil painting. I'll tell you what I like, though, is as soon as you make those happy trees, you could actually get them printed on canvas and sent to you. Yes, that is so cool. So basically what this game is, is say you live in some apartment somewhere, you you don't have the money or time or space to be an oil painter. You get to actually create oil paintings on this thing. Beautiful ones. Some of these people, there's galleries that you can see of other people that are using this program. And you would think maybe it's an inaccurate program. It's not. People are able to make some amazing works. I will say the one thing I find questionable and just a little vague was they were talking about how the art that gets printed does have to be approved by someone on their staff. I saw that. Presumably just so you don't get a bunch of penises, but like I wonder where the line is because art is very subjective. Art is only subjective. And so, you know, even a bunch of penises is still an art. Um, So, yeah, that did bother me a little bit that you're basically... It's a free art program with like Big Brother making sure you don't make inappropriate art. So eh, that's the only downfall. But like I said, if you want to paint your mother an oil painting of a sunset and you don't have the way to do it, now you do with Bob Ross's oil painter. Such a cool idea. Yeah, check that out for sure. That's a two-point game. Great. Actually, we have to take an ad, Brandon, and then after that, we've got a voicemail from a listener so with that here comes an ad ready boys little brother controller hey bobby wanna play this controller looks and lights up just like yours but does nothing Nothing else. else make him think he's winning round one fight and enjoy your game game over be a fucking ready boy all right, so as I promised before that ad, we have a listener call in. Uh, yeah, go ahead and play that message. Here it comes. Hey, guys, I would, uh, this is John from L.A. I uh, was calling because I was thinking about picking up this new uh, game, Giraffe Waiter 2 uh, Italian Edition. Um, I'm not really sure what edition to get, but I'm leaning towards Italian. But I loved Giraffe Waiter 1, and um, I'm really excited about Number two, I just am not sure which of the seven different versions to get. So if you guys could check them out and let me know, I'd really appreciate it. Thanks. Love the podcast. Cool. Thanks for calling in, John. This is what I like about this show. We get some inside baseball questions about video games. This isn't asking a review of the Giraffe Raider series. He's asking what edition of Giraffe Waiter 2 would we recommend? And yeah, there are seven of them, so I don't blame him for asking this question. Yeah, I mean, I guess, first of all, I would like to, even though I didn't ask to review the game slightly, I think this game is awesome. Sure. Uh, is As you say, it's a giraffe waiter, but there's physical controls. You have to keep the giraffe's neck up with the controller while you're delivering orders to customers in this restaurant. And on top of that, Giraffe Waiter 2 is a language learning game, which really expands the genre in a crazy way. Yeah, absolutely. I guess we should say, first off, Giraffe Waiter 2 does not have an English edition. They all are in other languages, uh, which is cool. Which is really cool when you learn how the game works. So you pop in one of these editions. So you pop in the Spanish edition. It's all going to appear as gibberish. The characters are going to be talking to you in nonsense. And you're 
giraffe will slowly learn words and then those words are kind of start to fill in so in it's spanish crazy. yeah so it's all gibberish until you level up by delivering the plates correctly to the right tables uh until you level up and you learn the word and then the word turns into a spanish word and then it's kind of on your own to learn what the spanish word means but in in time you do learn the what, what the words mean in context you know totally so you will take a cup of 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 tea something you'll put it on the table and they'll say blah 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 tazo blah 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 tazo is a, a cup in spanish and so then you'll say oh that's like a real word and you as the player will kind of maybe hopefully link that word to that object and if not maybe the next time you will but you only have like you know one word that time and the next time maybe you'll get two words and then the next time three four and eventually straight up you do learn the language and there's tons of research behind this game this is one of the 18 ways that the brain learns language this is like a direct input into one of those and it's one that really hasn't been used much i mean it's full immersion when you think about it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah, 100%. And I actually love the physics. They fine-tune the physics from one to two as well. Oh, the physics in number time. one. Yeah, so you are keeping the giraffe's neck up in position with the left analog stick. It's kind of, it's almost like a physics-based uh, quop or uh, octodad where it's a little difficult on purpose to control him. But then you have to bring your neck down because you're holding the trays with your mouth and your long tongue and you have to put it on the table just right. It, it was fun and challenging. And- and so I think the really cool thing about this game is it really throws you off balance, pun intended, trying to keep these orders up while you're also learning this language. And I think it really like takes some of your learning brain off of overthinking the language learning. And the language for me came much easier because I was so focused on delivering the food to the proper people at the proper times and making sure I put in the app orders and you know refilled the glasses and stuff. Just a really cool game. That also brings us to John from L.A.'s question which edition do we recommend so let's go over them we have the italian edition we have the spanish edition we have the french edition we have the digital pre-order deluxe japanese edition there also is a formal korean edition a slavic digital download and there's chinese yes so the question really is you know john if you seem to lean towards the italian one i'd pick it up um and i think the reason why you're leaning towards the italian one is because that's the highest rated one on the geforce network and it's highly rated because i guess the way italian uh, language flows in this game is a little smoother than the other languages the slavic one specifically is a little clunky and i heard the chinese one's a little slow as well difficult yeah a little harder version so honestly, I'd say whatever language you want to learn, you should pick up that one. If you are looking straight up, if you do not care what language and you're looking for the best game, then yes, John, it is Italian. It is Italian, for sure. And I think that also has to do with a lot because people like Italian food. The food you're serving changes based on yeah. what edition you get. So if you like Italian food, everybody loves pizza, you're going to get that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. There is the and other turn. I will say if you do like collectibles and stuff, that digital pre-ordered deluxe japanese edition does come with a statue of the giraffe so that's something Mm -hmm. to put on your desk at work if you want to show off yes and the slavic digital download one is the only one that is available on uh phones actually so it's a little different it's it's a less of a less of a motion control actually or different motion control even if you buy it on a console it's going to be a little more of a d-pad controller than it is using a joystick like the other ones but you could also turn on the accelerometer though so you just kind of move your phone to keep his neck up 
exactly exactly there's different ways of doing that but i hear that one's clunky but they are patching this thing constantly and making this a really great game i have a feeling this thing's gonna be big this is a rosetta stone duolingo thing i think i can totally see draft waiter transitioning from game into more of a language based uh company yeah they could throw this in a school for sure absolutely absolutely so yeah either way we weren't asked to review it but we're going to that's solid two points for me for draft waiter too any of the additions really yeah two points for sure check out any of them personally i'm gonna go with the chinese because that's the language of the future mm-hmm. uh, before we get out of here we probably got time to talk about a couple more games if there's any of these uh ones that have come out this month or that are coming out that you want to talk about a few little things i got my eyes on i got my eyes on gremlins go i kind of burnt myself out on pokemon go it's the same sort of thing but this time it's with gremlins and you're like you know well, these are it's cute. yeah, yeah, yeah. These ones are cool too because these aren't uh, totally the. I mean, there are it is the Gizmo franchise and all those guys, but these ones are a little gorier and scarier. And you know, I'm a little bit more of a R-rated guy, so you know, when you're going through the park and finding these gremlins, they're gonna be you know sometimes up to some sinister things. Kind of kooky though too, stuff. kooky characters. Yeah. yeah, they're a little silly too. Yeah, it's pretty fun. I enjoy that. Uh, I'm looking forward to that thing. Talking- Subway Churro Dealer is pretty good. Subway Churro Dealer. Oh, yeah, that's that one that's like Drug Wars? Yeah, so back in the day, we used to play a game called Drug Wars a lot, where, you know, you would uh, you'd buy drugs when they were low in cost and sell them when they were high in cost. It's a stock market game, but with drugs. And churro, uh, Subway Churro Dealer is very similar. you got to find out which flavors are hot at which stops on the subway and, you know, properly prepare your tray. For a game so specific and about New York City churros, I gotta tell you, I've only seen one churro flavor. So when they in the game have like Subway, I mean, uh, they have strawberry churros and chocolate churros. I've never seen those in real life. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's a little inaccurate. Vapor Dye, twenty ninety nine. Not really my cup of tea, but that thing seems like it's gonna be hot. We just saw a little ad for that at B four. Yeah, it's kind of like Fallout, but it's in uh, it's like Fallout meets Harvest Moon or something. You're crafting vape flavors out of stuff in the wasteland right you're basically like a drug dealer in the wasteland and you're getting your whatever you know you're trying to make the best pie to cook to sell i mixed metaphors now i get you uh i guess the last one i want to talk about personally is disposable mm-hmm. this was oh, cool. yeah this was really fun especially as a gamer from you know my whole life uh you want to explain it Oh yeah, Disposable is a game where you play the bad guy in a lot of your favorite games from childhood. Um, basically, you're you're the henchman, so you're thrown in into random games from your past. Sometimes you're put in uh, like a Mario game or a Zelda game. You, you play the Goomba or the Turtle. But it's fun because you have to reenact the scene. You have to move, you know, the same way the Turtle moved in that level. You can't, you know, not play your part essentially, even mm-hmm. though your part involves getting killed. And then you get to put on a little fun little death show, and it's cute. It's great. I really like you. You kind of so you you're this little amorphous kind of pixely blob thing, and you get notices about which games are hiring, and you kind of choose the one. You know, like for example, Mario, like Brandon said, and you you go to the Mario thing, and you see if you can get in it. So you you know you create a Goomba costume or whatever. You choose from them, and you know try to get in that game. And once you do, you try to get killed in the best way possible. Very interesting. Very fun. I'd love to see this online. Like, I'd like to see it. You'd be able to pop into other people actually playing versions of that game, or all if some, if not all, of the bad guys are uh, other people playing the parts. 
would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, that would be really fun. You know, and it's nice that you're not trying to win. That's an interesting game where you're trying to lose in the best way possible. You want to make, as in, in this game, as the disposable, you're trying to make the most exciting experience for the gamer uh, by kind of dying in the most glorious way that you can for them. It's a very, very cool concept. Cool concepts are all around. So, yeah, I'm just going to say two points because I think we talked about a lot of games without giving any good reviews or anything, but... Yeah, I mean, there's other stuff I want to talk about, but I really actually just want to dig into this food. But, I mean, people should check out, you know, uh, Get Home is a great game about alien abduction where you're trying to get off the spaceship. Um, uh, we checked out Indian in the Cupboard, the game 2, which is a sequel to the SNES game. That was totally an unexpected game. Uh, tongue in Cheek, another mouth game that yeah, came that out. Yeah, that was fun. You're, you're the this tongue not, in this one. Yeah, Yeah, you're the tongue, and you know, you're know you trying to kiss, you're trying to sing, you're trying to eat, stay out of the teeth's way, stuff like that. You're not actually chewing on something in that one, but another mouth-related game, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, uh, a lot of games. Card pickup, the mobile game is cool. Dream Reader, Eye Contact, all good stuff. All but, good stuff. Hopefully we're going to have time over the next month to play some of these, and next month we, when we do another video game nook, we'll uh, get to chat about some of those a little more, more in-depth. Yeah, absolutely. A, bi- a big thank you to John from LA for calling in and uh, you know letting our listeners know about Giraffe Waiter 2, because we might have missed that one. All right, before we get out of here, we do have to give our thank yous to our Patreon donors. Remember, anyone can be a Patreon donor. Just go to our website at 12review.com for more information about that. The people that we're about to thank donate a couple bucks to us to keep this thing going each week. The first person that we want to clearly shout out their name is our biggest and longest donor, and that is Rab. Thank you so much, Rab, for donating to us and making our dreams come true. We also do need to mumble out the name of another sponsor, who is Marada. And we really appreciate you too, man. Thank you so much for helping us out each week. Next week on One to Review, we're going to be back to some movies. We're going to be reviewing Summer Nights Out, Gift of Gabby, Flip Flops the Movie, Great Geese of the Southwest, Crawling into Mommy, Showstoppers, and Congressional Congressionals. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget about the Doe series. Yes. We'll probably be watching something from the Doe series as well. Guys, keep gaming. Keep gaming. As we've, as we've never said on here, but is now the new catchphrase. Keep gaming. Keep gaming. I'm uh, headed back to NYC shortly, so uh, maybe I'll see you online later. Yeah, yeah. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye.